Welcome to Stuck at Home with Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. Here are your hosts, Jason Smith and Cliff Dorfman. Huzzah! Welcome to a new episode of Stuck at Home with me, Cliff Dorfman, and uh, and I, this, this guy, I, and me. I could really use a hug. <laughs> Jason Smith, <laughs> need a hug, buddy. Oh, I'm doing all right, brother. Uh, we're the show that uh, gets into content and talks about the shows we love and want you to love. Yeah, and you know, all about the streaming wars, where to download it, where to watch it, where to stream it, and what to stream. Yeah. So, Cliff, I got a question for you. When you're feeling a little bit like like what? I need a little hug. Yeah. Like a little. See, look, I'm giving myself a little self hug right now. Mm-hmm. What What are you watching? What are you watching when you need a little self hug? When I need a little self hug? Yeah. That's interesting. You know. You know. It's really good to watch when I. I it's a good question. Actually, you took me by surprise, but very good question. Uh, I think what I like to watch, which is weird because I'm not at all a cooking show guy in the least bit. Mm -hmm. I like to watch stuff with comfort food. Yeah. Like, not like exotic stuff or travel the world. Like, I just not trying to not trying to eat ants on a like, you're not thinking back and getting nostalgic and going like, I remember that time I baked a bunch of ants in the Serengeti after a a bad math test. Right. Or I was, if I was on the survivor Island or alone, you know, I'd be like, this, this banana is really good that it's bruised, but now, (laughs) you know, I'm like, oh, I don't eat the bruised part. Right. But I'm saying like, but food to me somehow Mm -hmm. is that sort of uh, comforty level. Yeah, it's not there's something healthy, but yeah. Well, there's something very I'm watching uh, food. Sorry, just yeah, watching, watching food, food get made and watching people make it. There's something therapeutic about it. There's a there's like a visual ASMR kind of sense to watching people cook, and even when it's anxious, seeing the, the end results of some of that stuff. When like, you say ASMR, yeah. Why do all I think? Oh of no, what a, Oh my goodness. <laughs> what I, I I I'm learning all the different ways I could distract you from the prison where we're going. Jason, don't make me Oh God. <laughs> Okay, no, but really, it's not a distraction because the ASMR thing is weird, but it does coincide with food. It's like a comfort thing, right? Yeah, there's something that gives you that 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 sense, and even if they're um, being forced to cook it really, really fast under the guise of a um, of a contest, I like seeing what they come out with. There's something very uh, there's something very. Uh, I mean, I'm going to keep using the same word, comforting. There's something very you know That's why I said it. warming. Right, is that what you watch? I do. I actually do watch a lot of that kind of stuff when I'm not, when I'm feeling this way. This, and then I watch really, I watch movies that I've seen before and that I know I could fall asleep within the first two minutes of. Oh yeah. Okay. That's a good one too. Like Scarface. Yeah. And I'll put on family guy. <laughs> and that's what I'll go to sleep with. I'm like, Oh, I can go to sleep. I know every line. Yeah. But I, I think the cooking shows are one of those things or cooking anything. I, I feel like the, the, you know, not that, that all of those contests are particularly low stakes. There's big money in those things, but they feel very low stakes to me. Nothing, nothing, nobody dies. Nobody, you know, there's no, there's no real Sophie's Choice things happening in the middle of a bake-off. There, you know, somebody leaves, everybody's okay. At the end of it, they can all hug and go their separate ways and know that they made the best blintzes that they could make at the time with the ingredients they had. Listen, I, I agree with you. And I also, it, it, the high stakes thing is, that I don't really want to watch those shows anymore that have the, the, those high stakes reality things other than The Bachelorette. Mm. The Bachelorette I will watch every week. Oh my goodness. Well, yeah. I, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that later, but I think we should bring on our guests. No, I think you're right. I, I mean, that's why I stopped it with a break, like a screeching <laughs> hole. Because <laughs> I was like, no, I'm going to go the other way of food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, but well, we're going to get back into that. Yes, and we should bring on our guests. Why don't you do that for us? I like when you do it. Welcome to the show, Brandon and Jean from Must Watch Netflix Edition. Yes. Yay. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> I like that. That was that was a nice layered applause. So, as I was saying, welcome back. Must watch Netflix edition, Brandon and Jean. Thank you. What have you guys been watching? Well, I I am like you, Cliff. I love comfort cooking competition TV. There's nothing better than watching like stressed out British people try to make brownies. It's great. <laughs> I, Brandon, you concur? Listen, I'm not a huge reality guy. And my only knock against these cooking shows is that it just makes me shovel food into my mouth every time. I'm trying to watch the figure, man. I'm trying to come out of quarantine absolutely ripped like right. Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> Well, you know, here's, here's the thing about that. And it, I think this is what's really bizarre about food shows, specifically reality TV. Like, you, you, it's one of the few things where you don't get to taste it. You have really no idea other than the visuals of all of it. And it's really interesting. You couldn't do that with many other things that are not visual like this. And to be able to create a show that's actually compelling, that makes you want to taste something and makes you feel like you are. Like, you watch those shows, you're like, I know how that tastes. Right? That's weird. That's just a weird thing that it's only, I think only food can do because that's something that we connect with enough that uh that we can we can we can we can sensitize it without actually smelling or seeing it or like or you know tasting wait it. i, I want to say but like you have uh, a new show right is phil rosenthal the guy who created uh, everybody loves raymond right so this guy has god knows how much money and he created one of the biggest sitcoms ever and he's still into food he's still like oh you know what show i'm gonna do i'm not gonna do another sitcom i'm gonna do a show about a funny show about making food right right well you know somebody feed phil is really um, it is about that universal experience because, you know, you, you go, food is so communal. So no matter where you go in the world, it's something that people connect over. Right. So how was that? You know, I mean, you guys were talking to him, right? Do you have an interview with him? Like, how's it going? Tell yeah. Him yeah. We, um, we talked to Phil season mm -hmm. four of, um, somebody feed Phil comes out on Friday on Netflix. Okay. So we just talked to him about what it, it has been like to, um, be able to share these experiences around the world with people and kind of go places that will, um, you know, make you say, Oh, I want to add this to my, to my bucket list. I want to do that. But you also through Phil, he's such a nice, kind, jovial person that it's just like a very joyful experience when you watch. I'm very rich. And our exclusive interview comes out, must watch Netflix editions episode tomorrow, Thursday. So if you like that, be sure to tune into us. Shameless plug, just taking over the segment right now. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. But basically what, what the yeah. show is, is this, this guy who's really nice. He goes to a city. He mm -hmm. calls people he knows there or he brings a member of his family or a friend who maybe has never been or maybe loves that city and wants to show him around. And he literally just goes to restaurants and tries like famous dishes and drinks and guess what he loves everything and you know what <laughs> like i really like that it's like yeah I, I it might not be the thing that he would choose to eat on a daily basis but like the whole experience of it is really delightful uh, listen it looks great we're watching this uh, trailer now brendan i mean you're not the reality guy so like you come to this you, you really enjoyed it huh yeah, I still really enjoyed it because you guys got to remember that even though it's reality, this is the guy who created Everybody Loves Raymond, and he's bringing that mindset and that sense of humor to this travel food show. So in the midst of delicious bites that 
are making your mouth water. You get these little kind of observational tidbits of comedy that really do make you crack up. So it's this wonderful recipe of multiple ingredients that I did enjoy, even if it's not necessarily the genre for me. Well, you know, some things cross over. I mean, and, and this show was always on Netflix. Jace, was is that? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, this was on Netflix. It, it is now, right? But it always yep. was, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he actually did um, one season of like a kind of a precursor show for PBS. Mm. And then Netflix was like, hey, yeah, we'll write you a check. We got a big old checkbook and we will write you. <laughs> and it was uh, it was worth it was worth their money. All right. Yeah. So, Jason, you were talking about, though, some of these other Bake Off shows. Yeah, yeah. Well, real quick before we go there, it's like I just have curious and you guys, maybe you asked this, maybe you didn't. But of all the people to have a cooking travel show. Phil Rosenthal's themes like the last person I'd give one to, right? Like in the order of operations of people that he's nice. Don't get me wrong. And I know he's done a show, but what do you think brings like you, I know you talk about these tidbits but of all the people. Why do you think this has resonated for four seasons? You know, like Anthony Bourdain, I get, you know, <laughs> even uh, Gwyneth, I get, but this one I don't get. I, and just from an outsider, like watching the show, I like it, but I'm just curious what you guys think. What, what attracted to people at the beginning of this? Well, I think that it's the same thing of of the universality. Universality is that how you say that? Word? Yes, you know what yes. I mean. I always say yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's kind of the universality of of what you get at in a big sitcom like Everybody Loves Raymond. It's like just like a general delightful kind of positive outlook, um, a very broad appeal. Like I mean, you know. Anthony Bourdain, I would say that the show's a little bit in the vein of Bourdain um, in that it's talking to people and meeting people. And instead of kind of like a cynical, you know, guy like Bourdain, um, who was also very optimistic, I should say, but but it's just like this really nice, like, Jewish guy. <laughs> and and one thing he told us, which I, I really did like, is that the origins of the show was basically him trying to convince uh, uh, his friends to basically go abroad and, and try these things. And uh, Ray Romano was not having it, basically. And so he, he brought this mindset to it that I want to inspire people to travel and try new things. So it's almost motivational in, in that way, which is kind of a little bit different from the Bourdain and other shows in that, in that sense. You know, he's pushing people to go out and experience the world a little bit. That's smart. And also during now, you know, this COVID time, it's a, uh, it's a nice piece of uh, travel porn. Yeah, exactly. And restaurant I, porn. Yeah. And I was really, I was wondering when I was watching the new season, whether um, it was going to make me just like really depressed, like, oh man, well, I can't do that right now. Right. But it wasn't, it was very much like a, oh, I cannot wait until I can do that again. Yeah. Um, And that was really exciting, especially for someone like me. I love to travel. That is my like main hobby. I travel a lot. Mm. Um, and to not have done it this year, <laughs> like ooh, it's been weird, but I've been yeah. debating whether or not to print out massive posters of different city skylines because I'm so sick of my crappy apartment <laughs> complex view, the stupid courtyard. So this is very kind of treat for your soul in the sense that you feel like you're going on a journey uh, that you know you can't. All right, so now I got on my Christmas list. Fake skinny sidelines in the vein of uh, uh, Letterman and uh, Jimmy Kimmel to put in the back of Brandon's house. Oh, I was thinking holographic windows. You got that tech? 
change the landscape like via your will. Oh yeah. wow! Your consciousness just is like, oh, Paris. Uh, well, All right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, can I do that? <laughs> go ahead so, sorry oh no no um no that okay so as we get into some other stuff that's streaming talking about this stuff my daughter and i have been watching a lot of great british bake-off lately now that just that just came on to netflix right Th these seasons have been available other places previous to this yeah well so what happened is that they um broadcast it on uh pbs Mm -hmm. for several years and that used to be like where you would watch it also it's called the great british bake-off um overseas but here pillsbury has the trademark on the term bake-off and that is why it is called the great british baking show fun fact interesting um Ooh, and knowledge yeah oh, i really That's love this show so you have a trademark bake-off <laughs> yeah. like you yeah. could own bake-off yeah. All right. Because I'm going to have the great uh, 420 Bake Off here, and I don't want to have to pay Pillsbury too much. I'll just eat tons of raw cookie dough during yeah. that time period. There you go. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. And so Netflix, I think, bought some of the back catalog a couple of years ago, and then starting like a, a year or two ago, kind of became the home. And the thing that is interesting about Bake Off is that we are actually getting it pretty much in real time. So it airs, I think, on Wednesdays in the UK. And then we get it on Fridays on Netflix. So it's actually a rare um, week re weekly release on Netflix. Got it. Yeah, I watched this last season. I think it's done for this season, at least, um, all weekly. And we really enjoyed it. It was, it was a weird situation for Netflix, though, where we're like, what? You got to wait? Yeah, no, there there are, it is, it is going on now. Um, I think it was like last week, because I watch it on, on, I save it for myself on like Fridays as a treat. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> they made brownies and they all failed. They did a very bad job. Oh, did they? Brownies. So there's another, there's another season already going because yeah, they just finished one. So they, yeah, they but... They wow. filmed it in, in a bubble. So they had everyone kind of like go to this country estate and quarantine together. <laughs> that's awesome. Like that's yeah. right. Well, and that's one of those shows I learned this. Everybody goes home at the end of the day at that show normally. So you, you go, you go and you cook on Saturday, then you cook on Sunday, and then you drive home, you practice all week, you hang out with your family, you go to work and do your regular stuff, and then you come back on the weekend. It's like a, it's a real, like there's none of this weird, like, you have to be secluded from your whole family for six weeks, and then you can't talk to anybody for ten. Mm. Like it's a like it's the OJ trial. They actually normally let you go home, except yeah. now where, when you're except in the bubble. Now. Exactly. Except oh, now. Oh, so now you do have to stay in the bubble on this latest. Yeah, season. but uh, interestingly, like, like I don't that. think it is. It doesn't look any different because, like, I don't know. Their whole thing is that they cook in a tent, which is really. Sure. Okay. Um, and then, so like and like the tent, they always do it during the summer. So the tent gets really hot on the week that they're like making chocolate and all the chocolate melts. Yeah, and you're like, exactly. Well, you could have prevented do. this, but okay. Uh, <laughs> Doesn't sound great. I mean, just saying, but it's like, but it's really fun. It's just like very wholesome, everyday people coming in, cooking stuff. Sometimes it goes really well. Sometimes it's an absolute failure. And you know, mm. it's just like a really delightful. Experience yeah. If somebody doesn't, Cliff, this is why this one is great, especially when you're feeling like you need a hug. If somebody's like not able to get all their cannolis rolled, somebody, one of the other per people that are done will go over and help roll cannolis. If they need somebody to help, you know, oh, really? put the flowers on their stuff. 
Yeah, even though it's a competition, they will help each other. They will watch each other's food. They won't always like at the beginning of a bake, like teach the other person how to do what they need them to do. Like they're kind of on their own, but they will help out and make sure that everybody finishes. And they seem genuinely like pleased when other people win and, 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 and connected. It's kind of cool. You knew what I was thinking. I was like, well, what is the reason I'm going to watch this though? Because I'm thinking, I'm like, is this one of those ones that I would put in there for like a comfort show? Oh, yeah. And now, like, when you tell me it's like got the good vibes, I'm like, okay, I'm, I, 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 I can do that. Yeah. That sounds Actually, good. I have another suggestion for you, Which Jason, one? if you're into yeah. Yeah. The, the like wholesome British thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Great Pottery Throwdown which just went on uh, HBO Max. Uh-huh. So if you can get that on your television, <laughs> um, I yeah, highly recommend it. It's worth watching? It's, it's essentially the Great British Bake Off, but with pottery. And yeah. then the, the, the judge on Bake Off, like when he really likes something, he gives you like a smug handshake and you're like, oh my God, I can't believe it. Oh yeah, the, the, the Paul handshake. Hollywood, like, yeah, yeah it's a thing Paul like- Paul Hollywood handshake. He gets like one or two a season where I'll just like, he'll, yeah. he'll handshake the person, it's like the biggest deal. Yeah, this <laughs> judge, when he really likes something, he becomes so overwhelmed with emotion that he starts crying because he's so proud of them. <laughs> For the pottery. I gotta watch this. It's pottery? great. <laughs> I gotta watch this. I gotta watch yeah. this. Oh, man. For pottery, you're like, I've never, I don't know how to throw a pot, but like, I can't stop watching these people do it. Do they get over the ghost thing right away? Like the <laughs> title sequence? Do they just make a nod to it and then we can move on? Because otherwise, I can't watch the show. It, yeah, there are go. so many sexual innuendos you cannot even. Really? Believe. Is that what's happening? Oh, absolutely. So they this could save your marriage. Attack it head on. <laughs> So the pottery so, show could save marriages. The, the pottery so. show is way hornier than you would expect. <laughs> I think it's it's equally amount as horny as I expect everything to be horny now. My <laughs> octopus teacher, this, everything's horny. I want um, to ask you guys a question. Wait, Jason, I just had this thought. Is it okay? Can I just ask this? Yep. As long as it's on topic. I think it's on be topic. Be careful. Be careful. I'm going to buzz you. I'm going to mute you like Dude, a... By the way, mute me if it's off topic. <laughs> I, I, I want you to do that. Not mute me, but like buzz me, you know, like, and I'll stop because I'm, I'm down to stop idea oh. i just muted you i'm sorry oh, I know. Are, you, are you done uh, um let's try I again i didn't start yet if you're not watching uh jason's just having fun muting my mic and, and <laughs> i'm just waiting for him to do it again but i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna surge forward here in, in hopes to salvage whatever's left of this is <laughs> the idea that that there is such a thing as network porn Right. And I'm going to use The Bachelorette as an example, not because I'm obsessed with the show, but because I am obsessed with this idea that there is a format that I think Mike Fleiss may have come up with. I'm not sure that it's like you're watching one man or woman. Right. Uh, with all these dudes and they feels like everyone's cucks and you're watching like one guy be the alpha and everyone else is watching. They're all talking about like, oh, did you get with her? Am I getting? And it's like, oh, then they don't like certain things. But if it was a woman, they'd like it. Are you telling me this is not slow baked? Network porn. Is that off topic? I haven't been muted yet. I was just waiting for you to get to I, I don't think I, I, I don't think I had to. Um, no, I, I think that those are different things. I think that the types of shows like the British Bake Off and the, the Pottery Throwdown, these competitions are kind of, at least on this British one, because another one that reminds me of, or that, that, that definitely took a few cues from it is uh, Amy Poehler and, uh, yeah, and Nick Offerman's Making It. Yeah, the which craft is one. the craft one where everybody's like gets along and they generally don't want people to leave and they feel really it's good. There's subversively sexual. 
to me. There <laughs> seems like there's a, there's a certain element of like uh, you know it's like as, as like you said about the pottery thing. There's a lot of sexuality going on, a lot of innuendo, double entendres. Go on. Okay, so now we know how Cliff watches reality shows. I never did before. This was a new it's revelation. Like people being nice to each other is something that's It's like people being nice to each other. Like, yeah, yeah, say please. Niceness. She said thank you. Did you say thank you? Say it again. Say thank you again. There's going on in some of these shows, but I think things like the Great British Breaking, Baking Show are, are more so just straightforward, wholesome, heartwarmingness. I do agree, Cliff, that some of them. There is like a deeper id of, of motivation going on. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, I think there's two different ones. I don't think these yeah. ones are that. They're meant for that. I think this is what, like, if you're like, I just really want somebody to respect my opinion. That's what Greenwich Biggs shows like, yeah. <laughs> that, that's like middle-aged like that. porn in the sense that, like, I need to feel validated and validated <laughs> yes. because no one is like, they not like, does that. That's great. Yes, except the pottery throwdown has both kinds of porn because <laughs> that's um, that's a crossover. <laughs> the process of pulling a handle for a yeah. uh, cup is pulling just think about the motion of, of yeah. how you would pull clay. To yeah, that, that is definitely true. <laughs> yeah, please, please stop. <laughs> to, I think I need to get in on this because to give an idea of how I need to get in on this. I stop. Everyone stop. Okay. I have to be appropriate. <laughs> I bet just because I'm so indifferent to the reality genre. One of my best friends who I'd grown up with, you know, I was met him in second grade. He was on ABC's Family Food Fight in the most recent season. I watched one episode and it was my best friend. I had one of my best friends from college and married at first sight. Watched half an episode. Like I, even when people I know are on these shows, it's hard for me to get involved. But dude, you're throwing out some good recommendations that I think I need to give consideration to. <laughs> All right, Jason, take this into a better direction. Um, and I have. <laughs> no, I, I think I that. <laughs> well, uh, for us, we're we're obviously we finishing the the uh, one last reality show for us is Big Brother, which is the end of the season. Thank goodness they're going to be doing more of Big Brother. In case you guys are wondering if you guys are into reality TV, because they figured out how to do it completely isolated. You don't have to have anybody in those rooms, so they're going to do a two, second or third season this year. So it's going to be Big Brother all year on CBS. Um, so I'm sorry for that, everybody, but my wife is going to be very happy. Get new young contestants who don't know each other. Yeah, they're not going to do an all-star season again. They had to do that for this one because they needed people they already knew knew how to play the game. Yeah, don't um, a bunch of people with kids at home. You know what yeah. would be interesting, Big Brother? Take all the people with their kids in oh. the Big Brother tent and see how that rolls. Oh, that's see just who death. kills who first. Yeah. That's an interesting twist. Yeah. Yeah. Don't talk to my kid. Are you talking to my kid? Well, I, I'd actually like the twist being if you lose, uh, if you lose, your you have to your family has to move in as opposed to yeah. the opposite Big way. Like, like you're gonna have to live with your wife for the next nine months. You want that? Yeah. You want that? Then you better win this competition. You're two points away. <laughs> I, I think it should be like Survivor, and you can steal kids to, to onto your team if you want. So your family has to lose the kid. I <laughs> yeah, I think Big Brother Family Edition. You and your whole crew have to pack up and bubble. And everyone's in the same bubble. You and all your kids and them and all their kids. That would be funny. It digresses into madness within four weeks. Four weeks, four hours. Yeah, get, yeah. yeah getting getting to the place, you're done. Um, the waivers even? <laughs> no, legalese on exactly. So moving out from uh, reality shows, because I, I know there's a little bit of that stuff. There's a show we started talking about yesterday, Cliff, that you watched one episode. Jeans watched one episode. I didn't even start it because I heard what I said, but Brandon... 
mm. five episodes. She's seen yeah. five of these episodes. So I want to talk about this show. Can you tell me a little bit about this? This is uh, Nicole Kidman. Yeah, HBO is the undoing. Nicole Kidman, Hugh Grant, uh, David E. Kelly is the creator. He's the same creator of Big Little Lies. This is essentially a worse version of that in that it's trying to kind of attack that 1% high society suburban drama. Essentially what happens here is it's a murder mystery. Uh, you know, someone gets accused. We don't know if they did it or not. We're trying to get to the bottom of it. It is schlocky as all hell. And while I enjoyed it, I watched five of the six episodes because I got screeners. The characters are so dumb and make all of the wrong choices that it's actually cathartic because in this year of From Hell 2020, in which we are frustrated <laughs> with every facet of society, you can pour all of your pent-up anger, rage, and frustration at the state of the world into these dumb characters as you scream at the screen, why would you do that in the middle of a murder investigation? So it's very therapeutic in that sense. I'm waiting for Jean now. <laughs> I mean, listen, I feel like I've presently I reached my so. limit for rich people problems. Like, I, yeah. I don't need to watch it. <laughs> this is about eating the rich. So yeah, it's exactly. It pays for 1% as the, the collective we want to see at this point. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's so, they're so trite and trivial. I mean, I was saying this to Jason the other day. It's like, listen, this problem, it's like all these women bitching and moaning who are going to private school in Manhattan. I, I don't, I don't know like why I'm supposed to give a shit about any of them. I mean, it's really just awful. I was so, you're boring. That's yeah. it. I was, I was done after one episode and it was the cliffhanger on Nicole Kidman's like eyes. It was like a tight shot. It might've even been an ECU on her eyes where she just like looks to the left or something. And you're like, that's what you're ending the the pilot on like wow you really are pretentious well, I, say, I think yeah i'm not gonna say it's not pretentious but kidman and grant give great performances and I, I am interested in the murder mystery despite my better intentions but mostly therapeutic shock schlock value that i just pour all my frustration into mm. Mm, okay yeah. Like that. Well, so, no, listen, and you, it was easy for you. You got five episodes. You could just binge it. Exactly. You know? But if you had to watch it once and then wait a week, I don't know if you're going back in. Yeah. Uh, probably not. Gene agrees. I agree. <laughs> and I also, it's interesting. Like, I think this was going to premiere earlier in the year, but they held it because of all of the, you know, production stoppages. I think they wanted to make sure they had content. And I feel like now that we're like however many months deep into this, I'm like, I simply do not care about your elementary school fundraiser or whatever. No, thank you. Do you, do you think this is, do you think that's part of what this is? Maybe it's like, these would like be mid season replacements that they'd like normally swap in somewhere around, you know, mid-March, mid-April into a spot where they're trying to fill just until the next Game of Thrones comes out and they're kind of stuck now making this their, pri you know, prime content kind of thing. Yeah, or, like, maybe it was supposed to be, like, soapier summer stuff. Because, like, the thing about it that's so weird to me is that it just has so much prestige around it. The people in it are great. David E. Kelly's done some great stuff, but this is just not one of them. Nobody <laughs> wants to be in the David E. Kelly business long term. So if they have to give this vanity project the green light to get the next Big Little Lies, I think they're happy to make that trade off. Well, I think you also 
uh, touch upon something that would even be more so the the you know the nuts and bolts of it, which are that this was definitely supposed to come on the heels of season two, Big Little Lies, from the creator. You know, really, it's technically the developer of Big Little Lies comes a creator of the Big Little Lies, little little Big Little Lies. <laughs> Suzanne Beer's direction in this is amazing. You know, there's this kind of like dreamy, wintry New York from hell. So there are elements that I, I think are worthwhile, but yeah, mm. binging, I liked it more. If I had to do it weekly, probably wouldn't fully coalesce. Yeah, Jason, I don't think you're in on this one at all. I got to tell you. And I don't think Sarah, Stephanie are in either. I'm just saying. Oh, they're not in on anything. I've been trying to watch. We, we talked a little bit about this, but I'd love your guys' opinion on it. Um, I've been watching uh, Queen's Gambit. And they almost started watching it with me before I told them what it was. And then they immediately were like, no. But they were like, what is this? Oh, look, it's the 50s and it looks so pretty and everybody's in nice outfits. And I go, it's about chess. And it's like, and I didn't even say it was about chess. I just said it was the Queen's Gavin. And they're like, and they left. I understand that. I did not think that I would love it, but I loved it. I thought it was so good. Yeah. I told my mom, you should watch the Queen's game. It just came out. She's like, oh, is it about the uh, Queen of England? I was like, not quite. But I still think you should give it a shot. I I feel like I would have never expected that I would be sitting like literally on the edge of my seat waiting uh, to watch a chess game with baited, literal baited breath. But it was what they're doing is thrilling. No, no clue. And I didn't even know chess like that seemed deep chess. (laughs) But I will say, Gene and I talked about this on our episode in which we tackled uh, Queen's Gambit on must-watch Netflix edition, even though it's so deep in the weeds of chess, you never feel as if it's over your head. Every move is so is done so well with the cinematography and, and with the kind of uh, emotional explanation where we understand by the reactions what's going on. You're never lost, which I thought was a really, really clever trick that they pulled off. It's, it's kind of a sports story in a way, even if there's not any, you know, raxious touchdown celebrations. But it would be the same sequence. Those chess sequences are shot the same as you would see an athletic sequence shot, you know, in the same idea, in the same tone, in the same pace. Exactly. For sure. But what do you think it was for Scott, you know, Frank? For me, I liked Godless. It was good. They had a very prestigious cast, but it didn't, it wasn't anywhere near the caliber level of prestige that this series has. Do you guys agree with that? And, and do you think that? You know, and I know we can get into the meta of it on your show, and people should. But just on the the skimmer, what do you think about that? Yeah, I agree. Fan, right? Yeah, I agree. I liked, I liked Godless, but it kind of just didn't hold my interest for the course of the whole thing. I definitely dropped out. Oh, sorry. No, um, but but Queen's Gambit, yeah, I I think it's some because it all because Godless also had a really wonderful cast, but it's something Amazing. about. I think it's to what Brandon was saying about like there's something about a sports story that like really just sucks you in. You love a lo- love an underdog story and and it it takes itself seriously but not so much that your kind of eyes glaze over and it's also so beautiful and I, I yeah, it, it was just it had everything going for it in my opinion. It's a rags to riches story with an I will say though I think the same criticism applies to both. There probably could be two episodes shorter for both. Mm. There is, I think. Maybe, but you know, I'm usually that guy. I got to tell you, Brandon, I'm usually like, oh, you know, cut this, combine that. I could have done this in six, but I felt like seven, I don't know, for some reason it worked because of the way they, well, you're still watching it, right, Jason? But, you know, the people who come around and may or may not resurface, et cetera, I thought there was a nice 
pace to the to the wrap up of and, and and it's nice that they're not coming back for a second season and it's a limited series. Yeah, I think that's its biggest selling point, especially to Netflix viewers trying to figure out what to watch next. If you don't want a multi-season commitment where you're so behind the pop culture conversation, this is perfect. Seven episodes, bang it out in a week, you're done. Is there a pop culture conversation anymore? Or do we <laughs> I mean, just a, the pop culture echo chamber? Twitter. Yeah, because like, I don't know anymore. I haven't talked to anybody about movies except you guys. So I hope this is my pop culture conversation. I'm not lost. So thank you guys. You're welcome. This is what we do. <laughs> so Lori has a question, and I want you guys to answer because I, I I have my opinion on this. Uh, but she asks, does Queen Gambit have a? She hasn't seen it yet. Uh, does Queen Gambit have a universal heroine story about a girl with no family? Is that the root of it? I would say no. That's not the root of it. All the way there is searching for connection in here, but that's not the story I I see as yeah. being the root of this. I, I agree, and I think it's also about the way in which we organically find our own families in life. It's not necessarily the people we're, we're born with and grow up with. It's people we choose to let in. And making the choice to let people in is, is hard in and of itself, which is, I think, a major sticking point of the Queen's Gambit that I really liked. Yeah, and I, th I think there's also something in there about untapped potential, which I think is very hopeful because we all kind of think that about ourselves. Like, you know what, maybe I would have been really good at this or something. You know, I, I think there's just like the inherent value in in humanity or in, in you as a person yeah. is like reflected through that. Well, that's always the best part of a good sports story is that, you know, and get, yeah. get nerdy. So, um, cause Cliff doesn't always watch sports. No, I like, like stories. What do you mean? Like Harry Potter. I just thought you will get something like, like, like a little Harry Potter. Like there's a little special inside. You just don't know it yet. You just got to find that little special. I will say Cliff is wearing a Dodgers jersey right now. <laughs> go go like, blue, baby. World series. I wrote a yeah. decent sport movie. I mean, you on. did. You want a wonderful sports movie. Yeah. I mean, because it's all about what the rest of the stuff is. This, yeah, you don't know, so, so these, anyway, he's lucky he's getting away with that Dodgers. People. Well, guys, is there anything else? I want you guys to uh, to to make sure we uh, we plug the show one more time shamelessly. before we let you go. But was there please. anything shamelessly? Please, yes. please plug it shamelessly. Yeah. Also, I see your yeah. I voted sticker. I say let's all vote. Yep. Yeah. But vote. Brandon, Gene, go for it. Plug away. Brandon's our hype man. Yeah, no, Brandon. <laughs> Netflix edition. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcast content. We are helping you navigate the endless library of Netflix Netflix with the excellent recommendations that you all will agree with 100% without any disagreement whatsoever. Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. All right, guys. See you soon. Bye. Have a great one, Brandon. Have a great one, Gene. All right, guys. Yeah, all right. That was fun. That was super fun. That was fun. I like it when you jump in more. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I try to do my best. I, um, I did what uh, anybody who's going to be jumping in more does. Today is I put on a fresh pair of MeUndies. Um, I got those things on here. I put them on my body. It empowers me like a superhero to do things that like uh, win chess tournaments and or swim the English Canal. I can do anything in these underpants. Well, and, you know, uh, it's so funny with MeUndies, I always think of underoos. Underoos. And underoos. I think of, like the Spidey underoos. Yeah. You know, and uh, no one got the Aquaman ones. But I feel like MeUndie, do they have comic yeah. book ones? I, um, they don't have, not like that. It's not like it looks like a pair of uh, Superman's underpants. Underoos, back, at least back in the day, they were like, they looked like the, the, well, the underpants of the superhero. That right? would be different. Uh, uh, what Superman's underpants look like would be different than a pair of Superman underpants. Oh, well, no, they had Superman underoos Superman back in the day. Superman might wear me undies. Yeah, but he wears his underpants on the outside, tights on the inside. I don't think he wears underpants, then tights, then underpants again. 
what I'm saying is look at that Superman suit and then think me undies could easily that they made that that would be the most oh i see what you're saying no i'm sorry but that was not made with malaria it was made from material from krypton that was in made out of his blanket they do no beechwood trees that is krypton fabric kryptonian fabric which is not near as soft very flexible and can withstand laser beams and missiles but not not near as soft you have to have superman's junk to live in superman's underpants not that, that would cut a normal man those are not comfy. You would if he put if he put on MeUndies after that, it would be like the equivalent of going from like uh, sleeping on a bed of nails to sleeping in a in a in a pool of softness. Okay, so then what we're saying is when Superman wanted to go to his chamber of solitude, mm-hmm. right? He would then put on his MeUndies. That's exactly it. All That's right? it. See how we, see? That's it. There that it is. Worth it. There it is. We found it. It was worth that whole that. And I guarantee you, Superman would have a membership. Oh yeah, oh, Superman had a membership. Clark Kent he, would for sure. Oh, yeah, because he's, he's an organized young man. Yep. He types fast. He lives yep. fast. Yep. He'd order one. Jimmy Olsen would have one. He'd too. probably get one for Mom and Pa Kent. He'd get one for Jimmy. He'd send it back, right? Yeah. He'd be going back. He there probably doesn't him. talk to Lana because it would be inappropriate to still continue talking to Milana while being married to uh, Lois Lane. But he would have bought their whole family in an anonymous, in an anonymous way. Oh, Lois is a member of Monthly. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Ba- he gets one for Batman. Everybody's, everybody's excited to get his white elephant gift because they know it's a MeUndies. I think MeUndies crosses the Wonder the Twins, Hansen everybody. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it oh, goes yeah. both ways. Yeah. Yeah. There's actually, a, there's actually beechwood trees in both universes, and yes. it exists as a company. Sustainable beechwood trees, and they're turning, you know, pulp to yarn. That's right. No. MeUndies.com, offer code stuck. That's MeUndies.com, offer code stuck. Do it. Go there. Be there. I want to make it. I want to make it clear. I'm on several different drugs right now for my back. <laughs> None of them are supposed to be like make me tired, but all of them make me emotional. Yeah, they all. Let me tell you something. I was on the the Tylenol just with codeine, right for the for the extraction I had mm-hmm. and then the oral the oral surgery for my pretty mouth, and you know, and it's really a sexy mouth, and and you know, it's not so sexy. And I had to take the Tylenol with codeine like every day. It was almost like a week, or like at least five days. I was like, what'd you say? <laughs> what do you- Yep. <laughs> yep. Who left my shirt on the floor? You did, yep. Dad. Well, what the fuck? Right. You know, yep. like that was, and then I was like, oh, I got to get off this stuff. <laughs> you don't have that luxury. No, Your not right is, now. You need to be on it. I need to be on it. Well, speaking of like multiple personalities, multiple things, you know, <laughs> having that kind of stuff. Of that. You know, do you, have you ever heard of Moon Knight? Tell me about this. Do you know Moon Knight? Do you know anything? Have you ever heard the? Has anybody? Have you ever heard the phrase "together, Moon Knight"? No, I don't know what the hell you. Of course about. you haven't. Of course you haven't. No, hardly anybody ever has. Moon Knight. Moon Knight is a Marvel comic book character. Okay. He uh, he kind of strolls around with uh, with the Defenders. Is this um, the one Oscar Isaac is playing? Oh, see so what you're trying to. Oh my goodness! I just jacked your headline. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you see. Uh oh, he's gonna get oh, mad. Oh, rage! See, rage! No, not really. Um, so I did it live, like in a public place when you do a breakup. <laughs> I just think we should talk. And the person looks around, they're like, oh my God, it's a crowded restaurant. Everyone's wearing masks. Shit. Moon Knight is, yep. Moon, that's right, Lori. It's together, two words just like that. Moon and Knight. Moon Knight is a character that has been in the Avengers, Secret Avengers, the Defenders, uh, Heroes for Hire, a bunch of places that nobody's really, like lots of little team up teams, but they are not. He is not by any means a popular character. Most people don't know who he is. He suffers from schizophrenia. Um, his powers, he had powers for a minute that would come from the moon. 
Um, so when the moon, the fuller the moon, the stronger he was, and he could, you know, he could bench press a few hundred pounds. He wasn't like he's not like a super powered, super powered guy, but he's a uh, he's kind of a weird dude who wears a mask and doesn't really know who he is. Um, has, suffers from schizophrenia. They got Oscar Isaac to play this guy, and he's going to be coming to Disney Plus. Oh, he's coming to Disney Plus. Yeah, that's what this is on. Yeah, Oscar Isaac's going to Disney Plus to play Moon Knight. Wow, how much are they paying him? Oh, uh, have to be a lot. He's he's kind of the they kind of equate him to the Batman because he's a millionaire. I was he's also say he sounds like Batman to me. Yeah, he's he's kind of a Batman, but not really because he's not the, his reasoning behind it's better. He wants to he wants to fight the underworld, and he's more of a human, and he has a lot of like money and gizmos. But his his kind of thing his just his spin. It's no, he's crazy. Right, he's, he's schizophrenic, and the yeah. other one's hell bent on revenge. Yeah, another one's not, not that far off. Yeah. I like it. And by the way, that's exactly the role Oscar Isaac would pick. You yeah. Know, like, what's the most obscure guy that's never had his own comic that I can make in any way I want and own? Right. And they're like, you know, well, pick your character. And he's like, that one. I'm sure. I want a scraggly I, I, one you, in the corner. Yeah. Moon Knight, though. It's Moon Knight. It's great. Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I guess. I, I know I, it's K N I G H T and not Moon Knight. Like, uh, oh, the moon comes out at night. The moon comes out at night. Right. That is the moon song. does. Right? The moon it's does. A it's a song. The moon comes out at night. It's the freaks, but yes. Yes. Oh, the freaks. Okay. The freaks come out at night. Okay. The freaks yes. come out at night. So Oscar Isaac doing Moon Knight on Disney Plus. And this is dropping when? 2021? Uh, someday. Two? In the future. Definitely. Right? This is one of those ones where they've tapped him. He's there. There's so many more things that still have to come out, right? We still haven't seen WandaVision. We haven't seen Black Widow. Well, Black Widow is going to be a theatrical. This is going to be a TV show probably. Um, <laughs> uh, I think I think that they're going to keep holding. I think they're they're holding it till next summer. So unless if if we're still in this next summer, I don't think there'll be movie theater, so we won't have to ever worry about it again. But you know what the good news about that is? That yeah. Whether it's now or a year from now or two years from now, Scarlett Johansson will always be a movie star. It yep. won't matter. Like you could watch it and be like, oh, it's she's great. Yeah. <laughs> like well, great. and to, to to I mean, I don't mean to be shitty about it, but she, you know, spoilers ahead from don't be shitty about Scarlett. The, the move, the her, she, her arc in the the Marvel comic universe is gone. She's done. She's dead. So anything in the future is not going to have her. This is a prequel. This is the least essential movie to me for the whole thing, anyway. Well, but that's so great because now you know that's it. She ends her run. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. She can do this whenever. It's not this movie is not one I care enough about to like. It doesn't connect enough to me to, to the other stuff to make me feel all that worried that when it comes out, it's it's kind of one of those tangential movies. But that's funny because that the reasons you just stated are the reasons I'm actually into seeing it. Mm. You know, because it's like non-consequential. It's kind of standalone. It's the last one. Yeah. It's, you know, it's her last statement. It's her last hurrah, et cetera. Yeah. I'll, I'll pretty much watch anything. I, don't, I know. I don't think. I, see, Seriously, she's, my, uh, she's my Luke Wilson. Oh, my God. Scarlett Johansson oh, yeah. is your Luke Wilson? Yeah. Do you see there's three shows that Luke Wilson? No, I'm not even. Don't get me to think of rest. Okay. We're going to just, we're going to agree to disagree because to me, you don't love Luke Wilson like I love Scarlett Johansson. No, but I, but I also don't like Scarlett Johansson in the way you like Luke Wilson. There's some stuff I've liked with her in it. I liked Ghost World. Um, right, there's some stuff I liked with Luke in it. Yeah, so I think we have that. But I, I, I so it's exactly she doesn't to me embody this character at all. This character's Russian. This character is very much like a, a spy that's like on both playing both sides. No, the, the, you know, she's not doing an accent. Her hair is very, you know, she, she's, she doesn't, she's she, this, this player, this character I think is a lot different than, and it's because they, they, I feel like they had to fit it to her abilities, 
not the other way around. Oh, come on, man. Have you watched Boo. the movies? Oh, like, have have you, you watched that? Watched did you see that? Did you see what I just did? No. Everybody, did you hear what I just did? Yeah, you had a match. You, you, could hear her, you could hear his eyes pop out of his head. I did that on purpose. <laughs> no, I'm just saying you're entitled to your opinion. I respect that. <laughs> Go America. <laughs> you know, I just want to say that, you know, in my opinion, you're horribly wrong. <laughs> I'm horribly wrong. Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, it's blasphemy. It's sacrilege. And uh, I mean, like, really, I'm going to give you a list of movies. Oh no! To watch, you're, you're make, please just don't make me watch uh, Lucy again. Oh, Lucy is fantastic. Do you watch the way she's looking at stuff? I mean, like the way she sees stuff. Like, come on, look at watch her. Watch her. I mean, it makes you like Joaquin Phoenix, and she's not even in the movie. It's only her voice. Oh, Jason's laughing so hard he can't. That's even not get Lucy. That's a different movie. Um, Which that movie? movie's good, but that she's sure. not. You're talking about her. I'm talking about Lucy. Yeah, I'm talking about Lucy too. I saw Lucy. I've seen it like three times. Lucy's the one with the yeah, where she gets opens she her whole brain. brain. Yeah, yeah. Her is the one you were talking about with yes. uh, John Luke. Not John Luke Godard. I will imagine <laughs> John Luke Godard, breathless. Um, no, what's the John Reno? John Reno. John Reno. Okay. Luke Besson. Yes, that's the guy I was looking for. The Fifth Element dude. Yeah, yeah. Luke Besson. Yeah, the Chanel guy. Yeah. So okay, but, we digress enough. Yeah, yeah, we digressed enough on there, but that's that's what's coming out there. Um, okay. You know, uh, you have if, any news or, or let's get. There's not a lot going. On. I mean, really, I mean, the, for for better or for worse, we're talking about a lot of uh, of political stuff right lately. There's not a ton of like regular entertainment news. Khloe Kardashian said she got uh, COVID nineteen. I don't know if that we want to talk about that because um, I don't. Khloe uh, does though. Oh. Yeah, she did. She doesn't anymore. Oh, okay. I love Khloe. Uh, our boys over at uh, South Park, Trey and Matt are creating a new show. Uh, it's a deep fake show called uh, Sassy Justice. You want to talk Sassy Justice? Oh yeah, I don't know anything about this. You just you don't know anything whole, about Sassy Justice? My whole like rest of all right. Here, let, I'm going to show you something. Then let's let's oh, let's fantastic. show you some Sassy Justice. Okay, what do you got? All right, let's this do this. This is great news. What is this coming? Where is it? Is it for Comedy Central? Uh, here, I'll, I'll show you. Oh, look, so Justin's pulling something up. Sassy Justice. Oh, this looks live action. It's not animated. Right, hold on. Hold on. People walking with masks. Hold on. Let me make sure you have the audio. Oh, okay. We'll probably get taken down. Now, with a technology called Deep Fake, you can get screwed over and lied to in ways never before possible. Hi, <laughs> I'm Fred Sassy. Today, we'll dive into the world of deep fakes. Plus, is a local Cheyenne dialysis clinic charging too much for dialysis? All this and more, right now, on an all new Sassy Justice. And you've got senators going around oh, saying Al Gore. vagina poop, but they didn't so say vagina poop. But you're saying deep fakes are already so what? out there. Go ahead. Yes, deep fakes are everywhere. So rumors true that you had a stroke. No, 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 no. Look, look, look. They said <laughs> I went to Walter Reed Hospital. I had a stroke. I didn't have a stroke. You know, I beat coronavirus. I beat COVID. Mr. Mr. Trump. Chris, I beat. <laughs> are they using CGI? <laughs> So what let's doing? get back to the show. About this. Talk so, so that's called deep fake technology, right? So deep fake technology is basically the way that you wow. can do this. There's, so that's all deep fakes. That's, they take previously created audio, 
or you create any audio. They took images and they they basically same stuff they did with Henry Cavill in uh, Superman. That's all that's all created artificially. So those those words, those things never came out of Trump's mouth. They are actually doing a show specifically around deep fakes. Yeah. That is super chilling. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's all over. Anything can be said now by anyone and broadcast anywhere. So yep. now how do you and now now So this is a web show. So this is uh this is South Okay, so I'll read this. South Park's trademark Parker and Matt Stone have teamed with British comedian and actor Peter Serafinsky, well, uh, Witzky, whatever. I don't know. That's a that's a lame I'm not going to spell S E R A F I N O W I C Z. That is a uh, losing spelling test question for me. For Je Sassy Justice, a, where, a series in which Sassy Cheyenne reporter Fred Sassy deep faced with Trump's mugs. So if you notice, that looks like Donald Trump, but it's not, right? It looked exactly like Donald Trump. I thought so, it was. I, yeah. you know, and I, don't want, I don't watch the news, so I was like, oh, does this happen? Like, how did they do this? No, this is completely deep faked. And then, um, so, you know, and, and it investigates local stories. Al Gore, Michael Caine, Jared Kushner, all played by actors who do deep fakes. Um, yeah, it's just a web series where they're just stealing people's faces. Um, it's a web series. Yeah, so similar to remember when we, we did that thing on our phones where we could, like, put ourselves in the gifts? Yeah. Same thing, only they can do it with the entire scene. Holy crap. I mean, so this is a, I mean, this is a, don't you see this as a, um, I, I don't like to use the word problem, but uh, as a, as a serious issue, maybe am I? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, there's, you know, there's still a point where you, you know, this is, this is one of those things where at a certain point you can say, well, that voice is fake. You know, you can create voices now with certain things. You, you Photoshop, this is Photoshop. Those are fake photos. You can say, this is a fake you know, deep fake of me. I didn't really do this. People could put them out as real. It's a huge problem. And at the same time, it's a problem that we can resolve pretty quickly also um, with technology, but eventually this will be a really big thing. But what's more interesting about it, uh, the lawyer's asking is fair use parody. Absolutely. You can use any of this stuff because you make it clear at the beginning that it's not real, right? If you, if you go into it and saying, just like uh, South Park does this right now with that uh, says all the, all the people are fake. It's all, all imitated badly. You can use public figures in different ways as long as you acknowledge in the beginning and throughout the process that they aren't really a part of it. You can't do that necessarily with products. You couldn't put a fake Trump in there uh, being like, I love rock stars. Uh, but you could do this as a fair use parody, especially if you're not making money in certain pieces. Okay, so uh, what, what I was going to say uh, is the thing that my head's still kind of reeling about is that if it's at this level now, Right, mm -hmm. where it's usable by Trey and Matt and putting it on the internet, et cetera. Mm -hmm. That means it was developed by, you know, CIA, NSA, wherever, these software people. And that means who knows what you're watching, what is even real anymore at all. Well, it was actually um, not built by the CIA. This oh, is all. You know that? Oh, I know this. This is all open Tell source me. stuff that they've been working on. This is all open source stuff that the people have been working on for a long time. So this is deep fakes were not created. By the government. Codes come from though is what I'm saying. Don't they come from a larger code that has to, you know, and these are drop down effects from these bigger codes that are major things for security forces? No, this, I mean, deep fakes, I mean, yes and no. Like, I, I, I bet you, and I, I, and, and I mean this, more code is being taken by the government and utilized mm -hmm. for those, those, those things than the other way around. There are lots of people out there creating giant code bases of, of open source code out there. That this is an open this is an open source project that's been around for a while, and it's been work they've been working on it for years and years and years, um, and we've been seeing it for a long time too. So this is these aren't even the best deepfakes I've seen. Um, 
Oh, by the way, DPT stands for Dumb People Town. It's one of our other podcasts on Starburns Audio. Dumb People Town. Dumb People Town. Audio. Sklar Brothers. Check it out. Uh, but uh, f- because of the way this stuff works, these uh, you know, and people have been messing around with this for a while. It's, it's actually pretty prevalent in pornography, especially overseas, internationally, where a lot there's a lot of you know there's a lot of porn with uh, you know. You think of the actress; it's probably got her head on it somewhere, and they've they've created that version of it out there somewhere. This is that next step. You know, it's it's super dangerous. It, but I, but it's not it's not the government bringing it to us. It's about it's the government that's going to need to figure out how to control it, though, for sure. And so, we also have to worry that they're going to utilize it in the same way. So I was going to um, then say because when you said that it was so interesting, it's like okay, so it's an open source project. That means that the government's compiling it from the get. And they're taking it and building it into whatever compression they are. So they're building it up. So God knows the level they've already cultivated it to based on this open source thing. Yep. Is that, is that reasonable? Yeah, that's reasonable. Absolutely. That's scary. Yeah. I mean, that's scary. That means they can just put news on the air of anyone saying anything. And it, it's real. Yeah, to a point. I mean, if you can get it all to look right and feel right. I mean, it's, it's not... It's not a huge step from what we're doing right now. I mean, you're, you're putting faces, so you're adding legitimacy to it, but we put news out there all the time in the world nowadays that's completely fabricated as news articles or as sponsored posts. It's just an, it's the next step, stage above it. Um, you just have to, you know, it's going to be an interesting world that we're going to be moving into technology-wise, especially now. So. You know, I think, it's, well, I think we're still four or five years out for being really, really serious. Um, but you know, especially right now, if we're all living in, you know, kind of in our cameras, like we, we, yes, Laurie, I will, I will definitely put that one up either way, either way. I'll make one of those. Um, but I think that either way, what we have is, is a situation where I'm on my computer all the time. All I'm interacting with the other rest of the world is through a screen. And if that's the case, then we're all in big trouble. You know, the one good thing right now is this is not a real time situation. You can't do this real time. This takes a lot of processing power to do and, and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of, of really strong computers to make these things look real. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as you can get this to something where in, on, in an almost real-time basis you can make it happen, we're in real trouble. Okay, so <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I, that show is probably going to, you know, look, we already spent how long talking about it, so yeah. it's like everything these guys do. Yep. You know, it's again going to be one of those things. Where it's like, okay, let's see the trouble these guys stir up. And that's what art's for. Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, whether they did this show or not, it existed out there in the world. So in a weird sort of way, I'm glad that they do. You put more of this stuff out there in the world, let them know it exists. Yeah, I agree. Because this way it's harder to hide. Yeah. You, you got to put all that stuff in plain sight. Yeah. Mm, I agree. Okay. So what should we do? We got a little time, which again, I always love, and then we're going to look up and it's going to be gone. So do you it's have any way you want to spend Take, it? Mm. No? No. Not at all. Just okay. with you. Oh, that's really nice, buddy. <laughs> okay. So, so we pretty much, right? We talked about almost, you know, I think everything out there, right? But we have a Gangs of London coming out. Now, Mandalorian is also coming out on Friday. Yep. Is that correct? Or did yes, I see that incorrect? That's correct. Okay. Are people like losing their minds? Um, it seems like it. It seems like people are really excited about it. I mean, we'll see, you know, this is the first big thing that's been on Disney plus outside of since Hamilton. (laughs) You had to go to Hamilton. Well, I mean, that's the last big thing on Disney plus. Can you think of anything that's been on Hamilton? Hold on. 
Oh, yeah, no, nobody gave a shit about Milan. Milan it was, was, a, it was a big thing. Everybody oh, yeah, I guess it was a big that. thing. It was a big thing. I don't think yeah. that... I feel like that just kind of came and went. People went, were, like, excited for Hamilton. People were, you know... And it wasn't being... It wasn't a paid thing. I guess you're right. Milan was there. But then that's there's those two, and now uh, Frozen 2 came out early, I guess. Um, but other than that, what, what really is Disney Plus offered new? This is the big thing. I think people are really excited about this. Mandalorian, and he's got his, his helmet off the whole time? No. <laughs> No, no, no. It's going to be on the whole thing. He might take it off once. That's like, it's the Paul Hollywood handshake. He's going to give it to you once, maybe. Oh, my God. I, I, okay. And you're going to watch this, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I cannot. I cannot. I'll watch them all. I'll watch them all probably before you, by the time you're up the next morning, I'll be there. <laughs> so it's going to come out Thursday night for you. Thursday night. Yep. And I'll have it done and I'll probably be annoyed about it. I was watching the first... Rewatching the first season of it today because um, I'm actually going to be working on a little rewatch podcast for this. Um, and, uh, yeah. uh, and, uh, interesting. Go on. I watched the first one. I was trying to figure out what it is about the, 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 the show that's missing to me. And I think I came up with it. Um, it's music. There's, it's a lot of quiet in this movie. Um, I'm used to Star Wars movies having kind of a, uh, like a the thematic. Yeah, or something always going on behind it. There's always music kind or of going behind the orchestral. Yeah, even if it's light, but there, this is a quiet show. There's not there's if there, it's just quiet in a lot of scenes, and then there's just talking. The other thing is, I thought they got some pretty bad actors to do try and do uh, alien voices in the beginning, and the the way they talk just makes them sound like big doofuses. It sounds like bad acting in a in an alien language. Um, but really, my biggest problem with it is it feels very. The, the, the lack of kind of that musical background and that kind of music beds and behind it just didn't make it feel like Star Wars to me. It's interesting. I was in this, uh, do you want to have a little little going back session with me for a second? Sure, let's do it. I'm back. Let's go way back. All right. I was, uh, I was in elementary school. So like half of my elementary school was spent in a program called PACE, which was a uh -huh. program in the arts for creative enrichment. So I spent half my day in regular academia so to speak, whatever that was for elementary school. Yeah. And then talk, the you got to talk your normal voice. Oh, the other half a day I spent in this special program where we go through music and film and composition and et cetera. And one of the first things they showed us was Bela Lugosi and Dracula. And uh -huh. they played it first with no, with, uh, with the music, right? And it was like scary and it looked like eerie and it was like, okay, I get this. And then they played it right again without the music. And it was just Bela Lugosi in a cape looking like an idiot. Right. It looks silly, right? And you're like, oh, that sucks. Without the music, film doesn't work. It's got to mm -hmm. be so carefully placed. And it, it's not the same, you know, vice versa. Without film, music works either way. Mm -hmm. So I just, I, I'm saying what you're talking about is something I learned right away that they taught to gifted people like me. <laughs> see what I've done with it? I see. And you've Haven't done a great job with expectations? it. And you, yeah, you have exceeded expectations. I love it. That was the little going back story with me. I it's love the it. Pace program in the arts for creative enrichment. Oh, look at you and your pace. Well, it is time to say goodbye. All right, so everybody, until our next one, stay safe, stay sane, stay strong. Jason Smith, Cliff Dorfman, I love you, everybody. Try not to get deep faked. <laughs>